o'clock. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Wine about on Wednesday with Talon Wine. And listen to the program, you know the drill. If there's something you want to complain about today, today is the day to do it. Whether it's about world of sports, about the doors open for Wilson to come back, really? Really? How open? How really? open is that door? How high is high? How open is open? Like a sliver? Almost all the way? It has to be like a voyeur open, <laughs> right? Like just enough to peek an eyeball through. Just enough to mm-hmm. give a glimmer of get hope. A, get an eyeful, you know? It's like a porkies type thing. I wasn't going was to go, right? go that route. Or the Aaron Andrews creeper guy. I, I wasn't going to go there. That's real gross. That's very gross. It's disgusting. That's a legitimate... Ugh. Yes. I wasn't going to go either one, but then you brought that up, and yeah. so... Anyway. At least Porky's was a movie. <laughs> That's true. Still a couple of uh, awful things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not not the greatest example of being a good human. But. No. That one was. I remember, that, I remember that movie came out. It was such a big deal. So yeah, so salacious, mm-hmm. scandalous. Even when I was growing up, still it was like, oh, <sighs> poor. Like then you watch it, and you're like, eh. <laughs> anyway. The scene in Stripes is way worse, really, when you think about it, because he's in command of people. <laughs> that is true. That is true. You're like, whoa. Oh, the 80s. Oh, yeah. What a time. What a what decade. What a time to be alive. <laughs> what a decade. Blow on every coffee table. Allegedly. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> those, those were my high school, college years. And mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest, never went didn't to see any, any blow. Didn't see any blow. I Because I guess I hung out with the milk and cookie crowd. Because I, yeah. I, I never saw that. Never. Never once. Ooh, who brought the beer? Did anybody get a beer? Right. Ooh, we got beer. Oh, who brought the Colt? <laughs> this is great. It was, oh, wait, somebody's got whiskey? Yeah. I mean, that was the, that was the, ooh. Right. <laughs> Exciting stuff back in the day. Yeah. And yeah, it was ne- never, never went to anything where I ever saw that happen in my entire life. You brought a high life? Did you steal these? Remember, we get get excited about Schaefer beer Ooh. because it was the beer made with corn, and it was vegetable. <laughs> See, you're you're getting your corn, yeah. in your beer, and they had the catchy slogan: "Schaefer is fun, f u n." Schaefer is fun, f u n. Both N and sobriety. And I think, F- gosh, so many of them knew. They, they actually had a Schaefer beer T-shirt. They ordered from someplace. Of I don't course know how they it, did. Yeah. He was very excited about having his affinity for Schaefer beer back in the day. All right, 804. So, Wine About a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Uh, let's see. We've got one from Jason. Is the only way for everyone to save face is to restructure Russ's contract. He'll look good. The owner's coach and management won't look as bad as they do now, and Broncos country might calm down. Not saying Russ would would do that, but we're in a predicament. Take care, guys. You too, Jason. Appreciate it. Russ isn't going to be willing to do that. Why, why would he at this point in time? 
they've embarrassed him. See, and, I, and, I, I don't know. I don't know why he would feel agreeable to do that. His agent, Mark Rogers, would be agreeable to do that. I, 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 I can't imagine that. I can't either. And for me, I know the immediate thought is, well, you know that that will help out the Russ brand to be seen as the good guy helping out the team on the way out to the thing. I know Russ is very careful about his brand. I don't think he really cares what it looks like from a football perspective. Right? Like the the subway commercial the it's different but kind of also the clinging to the Broncos country. Let's ride. You just lost to the Raiders by 17 points. This is last year, right? Remember he's at the podium and he's sad, Russ. Broncos country, let's ride. Let's like ride. everybody was shooting slings and arrows at Russ over that let's ride. And he didn't change for so long. I don't know if he really cares yeah, about that's right. his football image. And this is his football image. Here's the thing. He was not willing, and his agent were not willing to defer the guaranteed money, the no. injury guarantee money. Why would they be now willing to renegotiate his contract? Mm-hmm. If they weren't willing to do that, why would they be willing to do something that's even a bigger deal in yeah. terms of the money that he gets? And Now he didn't get hurt, so he's going to get that money because he can pass a physical on the day of, apparently. So... Well, like, why would he turn away that? Like, they offered me it. I signed it. Let's and, and, and let's just, go here. And, and there's let's a, ride. And there's the the, the the faction in Broncos country that drives me crazy that it's like Russ demanded the extension that Russ held out. You know, held, created this. He got to Denver with two years left on his deal. And the new ownership group said, we want this guy to stay here. We want him longer than the two years. Mm-hmm. And we're willing to bet on him being really good here. So we're going to give him this deal. Russ was, from all reports, will, more than willing to play on the two-year deal. He was he was not immediately demanding the moment right. he walked in the door, you guys need to come up with an extension here. He was perfectly fine with seeing how it played out and and playing on, on, the, on the deal that he had, the two years left. If you want to blame somebody on this, blame George Payton and, and blame the, the Pinner-Walton group for for being overly eager mm-hmm. to make sure Russ didn't go anywhere. I blame Lewis Hamilton. Sure. He's part of the group, right? If you want to, go for it. That's who I blame. You and your race cars. Condoleezza Rice. You want to blame her? Blame her for this. I, I Whatever. I'm just... <laughs> we're kidding. Tongue-in-cheek on that. The ownership group with George Payton wanted to get him extended. Well, they didn't have to. And so here they are now with this, well, George Payne, well, the door's open. I've got more on that, by the way, as we go around the NFL this morning. The latest on the Broncos and the league. It's around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show. Yeah, we got some sound from uh, yesterday's season-ending press conference. Mentioned that that George Payton made the comment about the, the door is still open for Wilson to come back. And Sean Payton also said, you know, he had the, the no, 30 it's minute. No, not. Oh, that's not what he said. He had the 30-minute talk with Russ. And this is Sean Payton, who in his own way indicated that it's it's not a done deal yet because he said, Sean Payton said that Wilson returning in 2024 is a possibility. Otherwise, the meeting that he had with Russ would have been like, 
Hey, goodbye. But you created a situation here where it feels like, hey, goodbye. Because you you benched him the last two games. Mm-hmm. And, and, all, and, and I guess if you wanted to bench him the last two games because of the injury guarantee situation, you could have also simply said, you know, we're out of the playoffs and we don't really, other than trying to win nine games, don't have really a lot to play for here. We want to give Jared Stidham some some reps as a backup. It's always a good thing in the league. You could have, to me, mm-hmm. found a way yeah. to have not played Russ, have protected Russ's image and and his pride to a, to a degree. Mm-hmm. Russ still would have been ticked because guy wanted to play. Yeah, yeah. But you could have found a way to have softened the blow of this to the point where if you go, walking away from him is going to be extremely difficult for us to do we're kind of we're in a position we got to keep Russ we got to make this work or you could have found a way to have bought yourself some time to make a decision on on what you're going to do correct yeah and then you go okay it's not going to work out okay we're going to have to we're going to have to release him and still had time to do that where you didn't play him so he doesn't you know so he's healthy to pass a physical if you you know if you somehow can trade him Mm -hmm. and or release him that you're still you still got that covered, but you still give yourself the room of we got to have Russ come back. It's it's not going to work. We can't we can't just get rid of him because of the contract. You have, but to, they didn't they didn't do that though. No, they went in the wrong order. You can't threaten to bench him without the injury guarantee renegotiation before asking to let's see if we can't make this contract more palatable for everybody. Now they did it seven weeks after that conversation mm-hmm. but all they even at that they could have said hey you, you know we're in a bind here a little bit yeah. and we, we need some flexibility like can we talk this over at some point yeah can we can we here's here's what we're thinking mm-hmm. of would this be something you guys would be willing to do because of where we're at right now and, and you got to do that first before you go into the all right we're gonna sit you down if you don't we're gonna renegotiate this Nobody likes negotiating with a gun to their head. No. Nobody appreciates that. Nobody responds well to that. And by them doing that, and even though it was seven weeks later, and, well, it wasn't about that. It was about the providing a spark for the offense, which that was a dumb thing to say because look how it played out. Mm-hmm. Stidham was fine. He wasn't terrible, but it Field wasn't. goals, baby. But it, but it wasn't like they went out. They scored 16 and 14. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like they went out and Jared Stidham threw for 375 and four touchdowns and all of a sudden, hey, Russ is the problem. It was, okay, he did some things better than Russ, but the numbers at, at the end of the day, points per game, yardage, those kind of things, were pretty much the same. You can't say that Jared Stidham, well, well, the eye test, well, he's more of a rhythm guy, and that's what Sean Payton wants. But but at the end of the day, the numbers were pretty much exactly what you're getting from Russell Wilson. Minus some rushing yardage, because Russ does bring you that. They could have handled this so much better for both parties, where if it had to be time to, to call it quits, that you could have had a situation that allowed you the flexibility to, to go, okay, let's let's keep him around. It's not going to work out by by releasing him or, or trying to trade him or whatever. And so yesterday they had the, the press conference with uh, Coach Sean Payton, 
general manager, George Payton, and um, also CEO of the Broncos and owner, Greg Penner. So here's uh, George Payton on the Russell Wilson situation. This was a football decision made by Sean, what he thought was in the best interest of the team. This was completely independent of any conversations I had uh, with the agent. Again, it was a football decision uh, made by Sean. All right. So more Peyton talking about the Broncos, very limited cap flexibility right now. We, we've prepared for any scenario, you know, with Rich Hurtado, who, who runs our cap, and, and uh, we'll have flexibility either way to do what we need to do. We're not going to be on the first wave of free agency like we were last year. You can't do that every year. We'll be very strategic, very specific on, on what positions, what players, uh, you know, uh, we try to sign. And then obviously we got to hit on the draft. We're picking high. And uh, we have six picks. Uh, you know, we could, we could have more. You know, we like picks. And, uh, and we'll go from there. All right. So we move from Peyton to a T to Peyton with a Y. Hey, Coach Sean Payton on the first season being successful. I have a hard time saying something like that because my appetites, I think, where it should be is a little bit stronger. And I look, I said this at the start of the season, and it was a discussion kind of off the record, but it became, I felt like we had a chance, this team had a chance to, to get into the postseason. And I feel that, that same way now. So I, I'm disappointed because of that and disappointed that, I look back on a handful of things I could have done differently and better. Now, make no mistake about it, we finished where our record was, and we could point to a few games that would have gotten us to 9 or 10, but we could have pointed to a few games that got us to 6 real quickly as well. That's generally the case each year. No uh, pass-fail, success, non-success. It is what it is. You know, it just leaves, you know, a taste in your mouth that you look forward to the work and, and you know, again, the tough thing about it is you don't get to erase it next Sunday. All right, so there's Sean Payton, who success, depending on who you are, but not probably to Sean Payton. Fair, fair thing to say that that's where yeah. he was, where he was going with that. Yeah, and like he came in and he was sub five hundred, but for the fan base, they had a three game improvement. At one point, they had a chance to. They were in striking distance of 10 win in the playoffs. So Into the long losing streak to the mm-hmm. Chiefs. Sliding scale of here we are three days removed from the end of the season is probably different than prob- when they go to the combine or get ready for the draft. Like, okay, last year was better than maybe it really honestly should have been. Because he alluded to that. The, the mm-hmm. games that they... They got some breaks, and the, the Buffalo game, certainly with the incredible pass to Cortland Sutton, to yeah. help them win that game. I mean, there, there were moments, he's right, where Denver could have been a 6-1 football team. But also yesterday at the uh, the press conference, uh, CEO and owner Greg Penner, who artfully dodges questions about his confidence in the law firm of Peyton and Peyton after the uh, Russell Wilson debacle. Sean and, and George have, have both addressed this. Um, so, you know, Sean is responsible for the the football uh, team we have, or coaching that team, um, putting the best players on the field. Uh, he's passionate about that. He's focused on winning. That's that's what he's that's what he's here for. Uh, George handles the player negotiations and contracts. Uh, during that bye week, he reached out to the agent for Russ. Um, 
George communicated to me that that was a, uh, he thought, a constructive conversation. It uh, didn't lead to any changes to the contract. Uh, Russ went on to play for another seven games, and then Sean made the football decision to make a change at that point uh, for the last two games to give the team a spark. Which, how'd that work? They went one and one, where you got similar production from Jared Stidham. Penner also said yesterday that he feels like George Payton can help build a winning roster. George Payton's on borrowed time. If things don't get better next year, and I'm not, I'm not even going to rule out George Payton's done in 2024. Mm-hmm. You could very well see a scenario where they get through the draft because those people are in place right now, led by George Payton. Yeah. His, his staff. They work with Sean Payton, obviously with the draft, because Sean Payton will be immersed in the draft. He'll be heavily involved. There will not be a single I dotted or T cross that Sean Payton does not scrutinize and isn't involved in. And that after it's done, he goes, you know what? I, I need my own guy. Whoever that might be. My only concern with that... I don't think that'll happen, but that's a possibility. It's a possibility, absolutely. And I, I do follow your track there with Sean Payton needs his own guy. Sean Payton is done playing, you know, having somebody that could possibly step into his path as he's walking towards uh, Greg Penner's office. My only pushback with that is who really realistically would you be able to get after the draft knowing that... Yeah, I'm the GM, and I have a really nice parking spot. That's about it, though. It would have to be somebody that's worked with Peyton in New Orleans that was in in mm-hmm. the in the front office, you know, worked with Mickey Loomis, that knows Peyton, views it as an opportunity to to yeah. add to their resume. They they know they know how to deal with Sean Peyton, an they up know, and comer guy. Yeah, they know they know what the role's going to be. They're okay with that because they're they're just looking to build a resume. Because you're essentially going to be assistant GM. Pretty much, yeah. You might have the title of GM, but, mm-hmm. but Sean Payton's still the one that's that's making the decisions. I, I could see that happening. I, I think they're I think they're going to run it back one more year with these two together. Mm-hmm. That's well, the like feeling I, said, I get. I can totally track your your thinking on that. That makes sense. But I could see somewhere down the line somebody that, that Sean Payton feels like I've got a better rapport with this guy. This guy understands me because we were together in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Because that's come up a lot about, I mean, like Zach Strait, the offensive line coach, the relationship he brings in players, that like Michael Burton, yeah. Jordan Humphrey, guys that, that played for him, that there's a lot to be said about his comfort level with people, players and coaches and somebody from a front office that that he has that relationship with. He tends to put a lot of value on that. I mean, he traded for Adam Troutman for crying <laughs> in the mud. Yeah. He traded for the guy on on the weekend of the draft. And so there's there's something to that, whether I, I think it's it's nice to have relationships with people and you have confidence in people, but you also have to develop new relationships and and trust that that new people have the ability and maybe you're are better than mm-hmm. guys that you know. And but but I, I understand that with him, with the way he approaches things. Right. Who's to say, you know, this is the the question about all these guys that have the power. 
Sean Payton won the Super Bowl in his fourth year with the Saints. Never got back to one. When did it become him assembling the team? When did the GM Mickey Loomis start ceding control of all these decisions to Sean Payton? You know what I mean? Right. Like, where's the question? Where did Sean Payton start to, as Bill Parcell says, buy the groceries? Yeah, when did he start filling out the grocery list because and, go, it, and going to the store? If it was that early, then sure, give it a shot. Yeah. But if it was, I don't know, 2000, let's say 2011, 14, somewhere around there, where the Saints weren't doing great, you know, then maybe that's the question of, okay, how much of this was Mickey Loomis? Because he was the GM in title from 2002 to 2023, still is. He was the executive VP from 2013 on, where they have five double-digit win seasons and four seven-win seasons and a pair of nine and eights. So above 500. But where is the line of demarcation to where, okay, is 13, 11, 13, and 11 wins, are those Sean Payton's teams or are those Mickey Loomis's teams? Because if Sean Payton is the guy putting together the team that goes back to back to back seven and nine, maybe I don't want him in, in charge. Yeah, Loomis has been the GM since 2002. Mm-hmm. But you're right. When when did he go, yep, yeah, Sean, you're, you're going to have more say here. Yeah. I want you to have more of a voice. That I'm not entirely sure about. And the last two years, he's put together a team that, on record, on paper, has a better record than what Sean Payton's done. Very true. So other things came out of the meeting yesterday, the, the press conference yesterday, I should say. We mentioned it that uh, this is from Greg Penner, that uh, he had nothing to update on the team's long-term plans about building a new stadium. He says, we're continuing to evaluate options. The long-term complex question, what we end up doing there, but I will say that I was pleased with the impact of the upgrades that we made this last offseason at Empower Field. They spent $175 million, by the way, also to rebuild the team's headquarters at Dove Valley, though Penner said the setup isn't ideal for the future. The building's great right now, but challenges as it gets older. Do we keep putting more and more money into it? So don't be surprised at some point the Broncos view a new facility, offices, facility, somewhere down the line. Whether it's knock some of it down to Dove Valley, move it to someplace else, that remains a possibility. Man, it's it obsolete comes real quick. Well, it apparently. comes real quick. It's man. It's like the Did shelf they life just of a redo that? It's like the shelf life of a computer. It's like you got you got five years out of it. Like didn't they just redo Dove yeah. Valley? Like, yeah, not that long ago. Since Super Bowl 50. Yeah. Interesting. And then um, Benner also talked about new uniforms, that it's a, a long process. It says it's been a learning situation for him. I just figured out when you wanted to change your uniform, you just made a new uniform. But, boy, it's a several-year process for the league and Nike to get there. But we'll have some things coming in the future, but nothing to announce today. Uniforms will change at some point. How how dramatically they're going to change, that eh, remains to be seen. Are they trying to get athletic works to do the uniforms? That may be the holdup. <laughs> Could be. I don't know. Walmart athletic brand. 
We've decided to go rogue and do yeah. our own thing. No, I don't think they're allowed to do that. Just just letting you know. They Does can't. GV stand for Grand Valley? No, no. Great value. Great value. Other NFL notes this Members morning. Mark jerseys. <laughs> Members Mark jerseys. <laughs> they have the little happy face on the yeah, jersey. Little smiley that's face. The, that's smiley face for the captains. Yep. You're a captain if you have a smiley the, face. The radio helmet. With a little, with a little how about a blue vest looking yep. jersey? Blue vest there. They don't that's it's entirely walkthroughs. <laughs> Your forty yard dash says it took you eleven minutes. <laughs> Also, uh, other stuff from around the league, uh, out of the AFC West, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers have requested an interview uh, Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan, who's also spoke with the Broncos in recent years uh, about their head coaching job. Chargers did interview offensive coordinator Kellen Moore to be their next head coach as well. And then uh, also yesterday had Mike Vrabel getting shown the door. Was the 2021 Coach of the Year. Yeah, things happen quick there too. Apparently, in and 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 we and we because there was there was supposedly a a rift between Rand uh, Carthon, uh, who was the GM, mm-hmm. and Vrabel. Carthon said, "No, we had a great relationship. We were fine. That wasn't the problem." Well, now they move on from Mike Vrabel, who's given them some of their their best success in in recent years. Yeah, like they have been pretty good. They didn't they. Set an NFL record for games missed due to injury two years ago when they so. were the number one seed in the yeah. AFC. Yeah. It didn't go how they thought it would go, but Vrabel's worst season was this year at 6 and 11. 9 and 7, 9 and 7, 11 and 5, 12 and 5, 7 and 10, then 6 and 11. They maybe have their quarterback of the future. They got DeAndre Levis. Hopkins. Yep. Like, there's some. Some pieces there, and now they're going to have a new coach take it over. Also, surprises me. Yeah, it was, and and now with the Patriots situation, because Bill Parcells, Bill Bill Parcells, Bill 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 Belichick got the Bill part right. Got the Bill part. I was getting getting hung up on Parcells when we mentioned him earlier. Bill Belichick, that he's willing to make concessions on some things and Mm -hmm. and to, to stay as the head coach. Of the Patriots, some of that could be front office obligations, yeah. some of those kind of things. Some of it could also be telling the teams he's going to be going to. Hey, by the way, you don't have to also have me as GM. That I can just come there and coach. <laughs> but don't be surprised, Mike Vrabel, one time Patriot. Yeah, could see Mike Vrabel go to New England, possibly Gerard, uh, Gerard Mayo, uh, another guy who of course <laughs> is already on the staff there. That they could be the next coach of the coach Patriots as well. Yeah. I did see Vrabel's name attached to everywhere he played. Pittsburgh, New England, Kansas City. Yeah. Like, you know that there's, there's like a lot more teams, right? There are some teams that have a coach that are looking like, hmm. Really? Like Mike Tomlin? How much do we like <laughs> our coach? You know, like, hmm. How much do we like? Do we like Mike Tomlin that much? Right. Uh, I mean, Andy Reid, there's been talk that he might consider retirement. Yeah. Like, who's in Tampa? How much do we like this guy as opposed to maybe Mike Vrabel? But they're still playing, so it's going to be, you know. So, yeah, it's not just entirely that, well, he's going to go coach for teams he played for. There's also the Chargers. Mm-hmm. 
that that's very much in play right now. And Carol, I, mean, I can't imagine Vrabel go to Carolina. I don't, I don't know why. Who in their right mind is going to go to the Carolina first Panthers? First timer, got to be a first timer. That's the one like thirty-two. Kind of like the Sean Payton GM. Yeah. Guy just looking to build a resume, mm-hmm. get my first crack at being a head coach. That's the job you always hear with the, well, it's one of 32. Like, okay. That means it's 32nd <laughs> of 32. Also, uh, you're going to like this pro football talk. Mm-hmm. Their coach of the year. Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski of your should Browns. Be. Uh, he should be the coach of the year. Uh, with all the quarterback injuries, what, four different quarterbacks? He won a and- game with Deshaun Watson, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, P.J. Maskwalker, and Joe Flacco, who was retired at Thanksgiving. That's pretty good. That's yeah. a pretty good job. One more thing about your Browns, by the way. Yeah. Joe Flacco's nine-year gap between playoff starts is the second longest in NFL history. Nice. He is 17 years older than C.J. Stroud. Do you know who the other guy? Ooh. Who's the longest? Yeah, who's the longest? Between playoffs? Is that Doug Flutie? That would be one Doug Flutie. Yes! Good job. Look Way at to that. pull that out of nowhere. <laughs> started a playoff game for the Bears in 87, then started a playoff game for the Bills in 99. I was thinking, like, it's got to be an old quarterback who didn't play the entire time in the NFL. Yeah. Like, it couldn't be Warren Moon because he didn't come back to the NFL. He just came to the NFL. Or he went to the CFL, played first. for Edmonton, and yeah. then, yeah, came to the NFL. So I was thinking his... Doug Flutie would be the only option. Look at that. One Doug Flutie. Nice job. Thank you. Nice job. All right. uh, It is a one about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. If you got something to complain about today from your daily life or just sports in general, 970-242-1340. See, this is a PR move to make it look like it's Russell's fault and Denver's trying everything they could to make it work. Yeah, probably. Yeah. See, Russ turned it down. Mm Mm-hmm. If Russ was a team guy, he would have uh, deferred the guarantee. You know, the, the injury guarantee would have deferred it. Right. But he didn't. He turned it down. Because the one thing Sean Payton does not have when looking for who's the fault, who's at fault here is a mirror. Yeah, there's not a lot of self-awareness on. I mean, no. he may kind of a, make comments that, you know, that I'm part of the problem. I don't I never truly believe Sean Payton feels like he's part of the problem. That's just. That's mm-hmm. the feeling I've got so far as, as him being the coach of the Broncos. All right, uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back, 831. Got some thoughts on um, yesterday, the press conference with the uh, season-ending one for the Broncos. Is the door really open for us to return? We're throwing the BS flag on that one about him being able to come back and play for the Broncos. I think damage has been done here. So uh, give your give us your thoughts today. Team line 970-242-1340. Craptastic. That's just crap. The team presents the Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 834. Jim along with the Buckeye boy. Text or call us 970-242-1340. All right, we hope to have Connor McGahee on. Normally, pull back the curtain a little bit. I text him on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, Connor. Good for tomorrow. Hey, good for tomorrow. I forgot. I totally forgot to text him yesterday. Yeah. So hopefully we'll have Connor on. I have not heard from Connor yet. Uh, likewise for Brian Roth, because Brian had uh, the game of Boise last night. He may still be Blackhawk down on the and couch. He or could very yeah. well be. So hopefully we'll get uh, 
both of those guys. Uh, let's see from Jeremy G this morning. Good morning, Jeremy. Sean Payton needs to give up the play calling and focus on managing the game. He'll never do that, Jeremy. No, that's that's Sean Payton's the thing he hangs his hat on. Offensive genius. And I really don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with him also. You know, my problem is the fact that he might forget about defensive players or not know enough to acquire better ones because he's solely focused on the offense. I really don't have a problem with the head coach being the offensive play caller. I more have the problem with the head coach being your talent acquisition guy. Yeah. Because as much as Bill Parcells liked to buy the groceries, how often did that work? Mike Shanahan had mm. both responsibilities. And that became a problem. Yeah. When he got to the Broncos. Bill Belichick has got away with it for a very long time, where he's been able to manage both worlds. Mm -hmm. But now that apparently has caught up with him, and then he's going to have to make some concessions on that. What's the similarity between all three of those guys? Belichick, Shanahan, and Peyton. They had elite quarterbacks to mask a lot of the flaws. Say what you want about Drew Brees. Drew Brees is an elite quarterback. Absolutely. All time. No doubt. Tom Brady and John Elway, which are usually in the conversation of who's one of the top three quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. And so those are very easy to overcome your deficits as a player acquisition guy when you have unicorns running your offense. Right. And even at the end for Elway... 32 and 33, mm-hmm. where it was more about TD and the offensive line and yeah. and the running game, Elway still played at a high level. They still won those games yeah. because he was the quarterback. Yeah. Super Bowl 32, okay, it was not a stellar performance, like 135 yards, mm-hmm. something like that. But, of course, had the helicopter run. But Super Bowl 33, he was the MVP because they loaded up to stop Yeah, he was TD. the man in that Super Bowl. And the, the, the deep post to, to Rod Smith. They, they dared him to beat beat the, the Falcons' defense, and mm-hmm. he did. And so he was still – there was still plenty of gas yeah. in the tank to get it done. And you're right about that, that they had elite quarterback play that could mask some problems. Because look at all of those – like, the Saints continued on playing just well when Sean Payton was suspended. But as soon as he lost Drew Brees, he kind of seemed to lose his touch. Look at the Patriots the last three years. You know, no Tom Brady, no real success. Mike Shanahan, as soon as John Elway retired, yeah, it continued on a little bit because he still had some of those great players, but it eventually faltered at the end where he got fired too. So, you know, like you can acquire the talent, but if you have an elite unicorn quarterback or even a, a fantastic player defensively, it's going to cover up a lot of the holes that you create for yourself. All right. So on the text line this morning on a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wines, if you mm-hmm. got something to, to, to whine about, send it to us today. Uh, 970-242-1340. Let's see from uh, the guru. There's no way to save face now for the owners, Peyton and Peyton. They just keep digging the hole deeper with their BS statements. Peyton said that they're not going to go, go crazy early. This is George Peyton in free agency like last year. No decent free agents will want to come to Denver except cast-offs from the Saints. I'm so tired of this already. Can we just fast-forward three years to when Peyton resigns and blames everyone else for his failures? 
And he said, said nailed a Buckeye. Sean Payton looks everywhere but the, except the mirror for blame. Nice work on pulling out Flutie so quickly. Every once in a while, the random crap that I know intersects with questions I'm actually asked. <laughs> Not often. Every once in a while. Every, every once in a while. Like, oh, 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 I know that fact. I, I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. All right, like I said, we're, we're hoping to get Connor McGahey on. I have not heard from Connor. Brian Roth, though, is He's awake Look at that. and ready to go. But uh, with Connor, I feel bad because I normally text him the day before. I just Maybe he thinks today is Tuesday after your day. Uh, Maybe that's the only person that keeps his days of the week I, in line. I did make it clear to him that I totally forgot yesterday. I'm very, very sorry. Yeah. Are you available today? He may not be available today because he might have said, well, I didn't hear from Jim, so. I got other stuff going you plan on. Plan stuff like an oil change or exactly. dentist visit or going gotta, to the eye gotta, doctor. Got to get rid of the Christmas tree. Yeah. What, what, whatever he's got going Doing on. Doing some random counting around the house, according to <laughs> Kyle Keith. Which, by the way, Kyle Keith will join us tomorrow on the yeah. program. Happy and, late uh, birthday for Kyle Keith yesterday. Yeah, and uh, Ryan Harris on Friday. By the way, nice. Talk a little Broncos a preview. Uh, preview uh, Super Wildcard Weekend. So that's okay. And our mm-hmm. team's team of the week makes its return tomorrow as well. Nice. All right, eight forty. So uh, something you want to complain about today, uh, certainly plenty of time to do it. Uh, send us a text on the team line, 970-242-1340. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Sports Network online at the team, 1340.com. It's the Western Slope's home of Colorado sports. Come on. This is the Jim Davis Show. Welcome back. Jim along with the Buckeye boy. Text your call us on the team line, 970-242-1340. All right. Uh, we're trying to track down Connor McGahee. Um, bless him. E me, because I forgot to text him yesterday to remind him about coming on today. He's got to be so lost. Like, that's Tuesday? I thought it was Wednesday. Jimmy usually texts me on Tuesday. I know. And I, I, I did make it clear, by the way, that... Uh, Yes, it's uh, my bad. I, I I screwed up yesterday and forgot to text him. But hopefully, uh, hopefully, maybe we will uh, have him on at some point this morning. All right. So um, I saw this on on Facebook from Corey Hitchcock, Palisade boys basketball coach, and that was kind of an interesting thing. With um, he had this idea. I think other school districts have done it about playing high school basketball games during the day. Mm-hmm. That um, the one, this is from the post that he had on Facebook. One high school game per season between districts should happen during the school day. Imagine the student turnout. Might even get kids interested in the sports they've never played. And he put a screenshot up of, of kids playing. And... Imagine the energy and vibe this would create for the game. What a special environment for the students to be a part of. I think this is a great idea. I'd love to see it happen in District 51. So, question's this. Is this a good idea? Would it be a good idea to play a high school boys and girls game? You could even maybe do girls one day, boys another day. You could play them together. Whatever the case may be, whatever configuration of playing it, say, play it like 1.30 in the afternoon on a mm-hmm. Thursday. 
is there merit to this from what Corey Hitchcock is is bringing up here? Of not not a bunch of games, but one one game a season, and you'd, you'd want it to be a rival game. I I think you'd want it to be say it's Palisade, say Palisade Central, Junction Fruta, and you play it during the day. The logistics of that in terms of the school day and, and making that happen. Yeah, I don't know about all that. I'm not not, right. a, not not a high school administrator. Don't know what the challenges would be in terms of are you going to get kids to come out to the game to go watch, which Corey seems to think they will do that. Hopefully they well, will. they're already there. Yeah, they, they, but, the then, students but anyway. then again, are you going to have a, a, a lot of students go, all right, get out of school early day, and they don't go to the game or games. Yeah. I think I think it's worth trying. I think I think it's an interesting thing to at least see what it see what it looks like. Because I think you'd want to me you'd want local teams it makes it easier to do it than somebody traveling or mm-hmm. something like that. That would and you, and you want it to be a rival. I, I think like Montrose Delta that they could they could play each other. I think it'd be would it be an intriguing thing to see what it would look like. What would the turnout be for it? Would you get greater student buy-in and turnout if it's during the day? Yeah, I I don't know about who the opponent should be. I I get where you're going with the rivals. For me, it's but you want easily easy scheduling because if it's if it's yeah, a valley no, team, I, it's easier to schedule it. True, but then you'd have to you couldn't just have Palisade get out. Because you'd have to do it either back at Central, so you'd they would that team would do it twice, or you'd take you'd run the risk of maybe Central schedule lines up differently and they are not able to get out, and so you don't have any of the opposing team's fans as opposed to they can come after school or whatnot. That's that's the only reason I would think that. And otherwise, I don't see the drawback of trying it. I, I don't think you need to schedule it every week. I don't think you need well, to no. do it. There's no well, way. There's no way you could do it every week, right? And that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't see a why not. I, I just say at least a lo- giving it a try. I just say a local, a, a local rival because, or even though it's Fruit of Palisade, mm-hmm. I mean they're still then they're going to be in the same league though. Yeah. Next year, that every year somebody hosts, and you alternate. One year it's it's. Fruita Monument hosts Grand Junction mm-hmm. in afternoon games. Then the next year, the, the Tigers host that. Palisade hosts Central. I mean, I, I just think you're you're going to have a potential for a better turnout if it's going to be two local teams playing. True. And it's, like I said, it's easier for them to get from Fruta to Junction or Central to Palisade or whatever mm-hmm. during, you know, in an, you know, late morning to go play like a 1.30 game or 2 o'clock or whatever, right. then Glenwood Springs coming all the way down and playing. Maybe maybe that would, maybe you start there. Maybe you start with that mm-hmm. and see it doesn't matter who the opponent is. You just play a game during the day. And just some general devil's advocate type stuff. Are you willing to sacrifice the parents Yes. And That's... older fans of both teams in order to get students from one team. 
Now we're talking about for any game, though, in this case. Well, no, no, I, because, because I, mean, I get that. But what I'm saying is, if you're looking to get students in and you're going to do it during school hours, then presumably the ones you're after are your own. Like if you're right. going to host it at Central at two in the afternoon, it doesn't seem like there's much care to get Fruta Junction Palisade students there. So that's what I'm asking: is as the devil's advocate, is that what you're sacrificing the potential to have? Both teams' parents not able to make it because they're right. still working. And that's a that's a huge downside Just of this. To get how many x amount of your own students in the door, and is that worth it? That's the devil's advocate to me. But then, like can, I said, but, I'm on record yeah. as saying try it. Yeah, but then again, you could also say that about and not just a a rivalry game, but any game. Yeah. parents are going to want to go watch their their basketball player mm-hmm. play against. Glenwood or Rifle or, or or whoever they might play. And you're going to be, wait a minute, now I, I can't go to this because I've got to be at work. That's going to be the downside regardless. That'll be the, uh, there's, I think there's two negatives to it. It's, are kids going to actually go to the game or are a lot of them going to skip, take it as an early day, mm-hmm. early release day, and just go? And and then, and then the, the availability for parents to be able to Mm-hmm. to go because it's going to be during the work day. And again, devil's advocate are the high school kids who aren't interested in attending the sporting events doing it because of when they're scheduled. Is that such a big number to warrant this, right? Like, is it, well, we could get 11 more students here if we schedule this during school hours. You know, is it hundreds of students are like, you know what? I'd go to the basketball game, but it doesn't start until 5, and I'm out of here at 3.30. I don't know what that number and so is. We, and we don't know what that looks like. You're right. We, do, we don't know, and I guess you you don't know until you try it. Mm-hmm. And I think you, you you try it, and you if, it, if it's successful and you get a lot of students that stay around and watch, you get more students than you normally would at a game, then maybe it's worth doing once a year. Maybe it's something you do once every other year. Maybe it's not an every year thing mm-hmm. that you do. I, I I don't know what the we we don't we don't know what the outcome is going to be until it actually right. Too many unanswered tried. questions right. about it. How I many kids you actually going to get to show up that aren't going to just like you said go take advantage of an opportunity mm-hmm. to get out of school early? What will the parents' reaction be? And I said once again we have to stress we're talking one right. game. We're not talking. A weekly afternoon high school game. We're talking one during school hours, Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. One game the entire season. Which I, I said, I, I don't there, there are going to be parents that are not going to like it. And I understand why. And I'm I'm sympathetic to their side yeah. of it. I understand why they wouldn't be happy. How am I supposed to get there when I'm I'm at work? How am I supposed to Tell my boss, hey, my kid's playing basketball today. He's a mm-hmm. sen- He or she's a senior. This is their last season. I want to try to be at every game, but I can't because I have to work. Can I take today off? Can I leave no. early today? Some will probably be gracious enough to do that. Others mm-hmm. may say, sorry, no, we need you here today. Or that parent might say, I can't afford to leave today. I've, I've, got, right. I've got all these things going on, and I can't do it. I, I, I love... I love the idea Corey's rolled out there. I think I think it merits at least some con- it at least merits serious consideration. Exactly. Yeah. But there's also going to be some 
some some roadblocks to mm-hmm. it possibly happening. I just, for me, I would want to get a definitive answer to: Is this really solving the perceived problem of lack of student body attendance? Because, to be fair, most of the local schools here. Pretty good student body turnout. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it's, ne- it's never bad. You know, and so there are some other schools that just some other districts in the state and in the country that they don't really get a lot of turnout for sports no matter when they play them. You know, they could play them at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and you get an A for fifth period if you go to the basketball game and they're still not going to get half of the population to show up. So that's my thing. You just got to figure out what you're after and if it's worth it to... Are you set for that however much margin you're looking for? Like you mentioned, is it going to be more than 11 kids? Yeah, do this for more than 11 Mm -hmm. additional kids showing up. And if if kids didn't show up at all to games, then I'm I'm with I'm even more into trying it. I don't know if that's necessarily the problem here. All right, uh, hour three coming up.